Welcome back to the Power to Perform podcast. My name is Max Burvey. I'm a senior on the men's alpine ski team, and I'm sitting here with Dr. Mac Brown. Hey, Max. Good to be back for the last week of anxiety and nerves um, that I will be a part of for this series. I'm the assistant director and training coordinator here at PHP, and I look forward to the last two questions of this series that you got for me. So over the past few weeks, we've kind of just dove into how athletes can hone in and understand the uh, the importance of anxiety and nervousness and how it can negatively and positively impact your performance and how we can find that, that perfect zone um, for our performance. And the question I want to start off with today is describe the relationship between process and outcome-oriented nervousness. And that's a great question because we had talked a little bit the last time about um, you know focusing on the process versus the outcome process-oriented nervousness, you can think of more as related to things with your training or skills-based learning. So for example, I'm worried about this upcoming workout for practice. I don't know if I'm going to be able to do it. There's an anticipation that for whatever reason, something's not going to go well or might not be feasible. And I'm going to make a plug here that the journey for our desired goals, it's not paved in a smooth you know, non-bumpy fashion. There are definitely going to be bumps along the way and things that are going to mess you up um, on that road. And that ties into the end of our podcast quote. So stay tuned for that one. Outcome-oriented nervousness, that's more about reaching goals or accomplishment. So for example, I'm not going to win this match or I'm worried I'm not going to make the cut as a starter. Both of these types of nervous or anxious thoughts reinforce the other. So if you're lacking belief in your training, which is supposed to help set you up for execution during competition, then you're not training up the belief or the positive self-talk when it comes to the game time. If you're overly focused and worried about an outcome, then you're creating a narrow window to succeed. And if you miss that mark, your motivation and training might begin to suffer. So it's kind of chicken or the egg, like, but both of them are going to impact one another. So it's su- it's it sounds like it's very important to understand that yes it is it is great to have uh, outcome oriented goals and you know those are good for the long term but in order to achieve those goals you need the process goals as well and you need to understand that if, if you want what if you want the outcome goal you got to be ready for the process right they they both go hand in hand and you know again i'll probably sound like a broken record for anyone who's ever talked to me ever that one of the keywords I'll often say is balance. And you have to have balance between those two things. So you can't have nothing to be working towards because um, that's going to help inform those process-oriented goals and um, you know things that you're working towards. Um, but you also don't want to over-focus on it. So it is finding that nice balance between, I do want to have something that I am looking towards but I also don't want to get so pulled out into the future that I'm not staying present with the process. That makes absolute sense. And a follow-up here, um, we've, we have talked a little bit about um, techniques we can use as athletes, um, whether it's you know competition, exams, relationships, anything like that, to um, help us control these feelings. And I just want to you know, ask, um, what are some go-to strategies that could help an athlete combat the nerves or anxiety we've discussed in the podcast in this past month? Yeah, that's a a great question. And I think what 
is really cool about this and these strategies is that they apply not just in sport, but in all areas of life. Um, Because I like to say that life is a performance, um, just the same way that we are performing as athletes, too. Um, So in the first podcast, I noted one breathing strategy, and some people do really find a variety of different breathing strategies is helpful because of that physiological impact, being able to turn off that fight or flight, having that strategy in place really helps everything else fall into place for them and helps their mind calm down. So some people really benefit from breathing based strategies. Some people might not find that helpful for any number of reasons. So they might need something a little different. So some people really benefit from a grounding strategy if they're feeling anxious, their mind is going into the future. And so they might benefit from having something that helps ground them in the present. One of the things that's pretty quick and easy for a grounding strategy is just thinking about your five senses. So sight, sound, um, what you can feel, what you can smell, what you can taste, and being able to focus on those things in the moment can help ground you more presently. So some people really like that. As far as for the physical sensation of tension or anxiety, some people really like progressive muscle muscle relaxation, and that's a way to help feel the release of tension and relaxation in different muscle groups. All of these strategies, I know I just breezed through them, but all of them are things that, um, you know, the PHP crew can help train you up in um, because, you know, a quick overview is not necessarily going to do it. Um, But those are just to name a few different strategies that we do commonly use to help people combat the nerves and anxiety in sport. So I know that there's going to be plenty of athletes here who may not be aware of the importance of progressive muscle relaxation. Um, So are there any quick tips um, or tricks that you know to help us, one, understand that, and two, um, you know, be able to understand it better? Absolutely. Yeah. So if you go ahead and make a fist and flex your bicep, um, you don't want to do it so hard that you're going to strain or hurt yourself, but you want to do it enough that you can feel tension in your forearm, um, tightness in your bicep. You can even go ahead and give your bicep a quick squeeze to feel the muscle engaged. And you might notice the tight grip in your fingers and your palm. And now very, very slowly start to disengage those muscles. You can start slowly loosening that fist up and slowly extending your fingers And as you do that, you might feel the rush of blood returning, kind of a tingling sensation. And just notice the difference between those two states. So you can do this a few times to help distinguish that sensation in your body between what it feels like to be in a tension state or holding, and then what it feels like to experience the relaxation. It's helping to build an attunement to when you're starting to become more tense and be able to proactively do something. So for example, if you know, ooh, I'm keenly aware of what it feels like to be tense and I feel it in my neck right now, then that's probably a good cue that, hey, I need to do something. Otherwise, this is just going to keep building. Um, And having that, it's going to give you that opportunity to attend to it rather than react to it if it keeps mounting. So, um, you know, that's just something that can be really beneficial in your awareness and in your toolbox. So it sounds as if an athlete is maybe feeling too much tension and, and they're maybe they're th- overthinking or anything like that. They can, they can use one of these techniques to get back to the flow state and, and the, the state where they know exactly what they're doing unconsciously. Yeah. Yeah. Cause being in that tension state physiologically, it's going to distract you from just being present in what you know how to do. And 
right? Like you can't be in flow if you are overthinking or over occupied with, whoa, something doesn't feel right. So something like progressive muscle relaxation is just helping you get back to baseline, which is being more relaxed and more open to a state where you can increase that flow state. Absolutely. And to, uh, to close up here with Dr. Brown, I just want to uh, share the favorite quote so far. And this quote is by John Green. I just give my, myself permission to suck. I find this hugely liberating. Thank you. Thanks, Max. Great being on this podcast. Absolutely. Absolutely.